0: more podcasting debate, and a Bing meltdown. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, the Mac Voices Live panel continues our discussion of the damage Spotify did to podcasting when they tried to corner the market and what it means going forward. Next, we talk about a big meltdown and what it says about so many of the predictive engines that are out there and are becoming so popular and so used all the time. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Whoever said, whoever used the term "passion" passion projects, I mean, I, I, Jim. I think the one word you were looking for was commercial. Um, I think that there are now plenty of commercial podcasts out there. Um, I can, you know, I can think of several news shows that are "quote unquote" supplemented by the by their podcasts. Oh, I, did, I
1: didn't that, say those don't exist. I said I don't. I I haven't been drawn to any of
0: them personally. Yeah. So you know, that's the that's the thing. That's the one thing though that we haven't entered that has not entered in, entered into this conversation. Can't talk tonight for some reason, um, and that is just the, the niche podcast. The fact that if you're interested in one one particular topic, you know that that topic is not going to get covered anywhere in the mainstream, but you can find at least one and probably several podcasts dedicated to it. And that to me is what what I love about the idea of, of a podcast is that no matter what your passion is, you know, let's just say, for example, that it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you could mm-hmm. have Web could do a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. <laughs> he would have a fair amount of an audience. But, you know, the guys from Oakland, the guys from Vegas, the guys from New York couldn't care less. And that's right. that's fine. You know that every every league could every every team in the league could have their own podcast. They would have their audience. And they're not really taking away anything from anyone. They're just delivering what fans want to hear.
1: Well, the flip side is, you know, probably 99% of podcasts that the people doing the podcast consider themselves successful would be considered a catastrophic flop by Spotify. Right? Right. You know, so, you know, they, you know, they wanted to make a billion dollar business. So, um, there's a lot of people that are perfectly happy. You know, we've got our 500 listeners or 5,000 listeners or, you know, what, you know, 25 listeners, whatever, and they're doing their thing and, and it's, you know, a benefit to them and society, but it's not a billion dollar business. So, you know. And I, I thought they could jumpstart a billion dollar business and it wasn't there.
2: I contrast that because I've, I've heard Daniel Eck on a business podcast, you know, hosted by uh, Patrick Osanis, he called Invest Like the Best. And I've heard Eck interviewed there a couple of times. And sort of his vision was that, uh, you know, I think he wanted to dominate, you know, the online audio information market because he recognized that there's a tremendous wealth of information out there. And, you know, he wanted to create a platform where part of all the invasiveness was he really wanted to understand and be able to profile his listeners to deliver them to advertisers who are listening to the show. And, you know, he wanted to you know use the promise of uh, income as a way to get podcasters in. but you know i think he failed because um he wasn't open and uh as a result uh you know the being able to capitalize on the long tail you know the things you're talking about of you know the very niche you know specialty things that have 1000 2000 you know 8000 uh you know listeners um that never materialized you know instead they fell victim to this you know big budget top down hollywood We're in the business of making hits and that's completely incongruent with you know people who want to get together on a periodic basis to have a deep discussion about you know topics uh, ABC or X, y, and z. So I think well, I think, I think Spotify failed just because you know they were they, they were wrong on they, they failed on so many levels, you know and uh, and they, they pumped a billion dollars into it. so it's no wonder that you know it all just vaporized. Well, it
0: feels
1: well, they like need, you know they needed hits
0: yeah it it feels like they tried to to commercialize it, and they did not uh, Spotify but just in general you know it it has become commercialized in places, and that's one segment of the podcast market, but because of the way things started out with r s s um, you know yep. they they could not control it, they could not capture it, they could not block it out they could they could certainly create their own little corner of the world, but they well, couldn't contain it
1: and and an odd thing about um podcasts is apple's role as benevolent uh uh passive enabler um so you know apple keeps uh, the directory, they keep a directory of, of all the podcasts and, you know, they started doing that real early, um, and, um, you know, have continued to, and, 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 and it's just sort of, it's just sort of a service that they provide that they don't seem to, you know, they don't get any revenue out of it. They don't curate it really um and every you know everybody else piggybacks off of that pretty much you know so you know overcast and castro and all that they all use apple's service for for the list the master list mm. and you know one one thing that i've always wondered about is at some point is apple going to wake up and go why are we doing this <laughs> um and and pull that. And then, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens then. You know, or they you know, they could make it private somehow, so it only worked with the podcast app, or um, so you know, maybe somebody else would have to step in or would step in at this point. But it's it's it it, it definitely was sort of like a nursery that you know, Apple just provided this and and also originally provided the player too. um, That was, you know, for a long time, the basis of the industry that was just free um, um, and and allowed this to grow.
0: Um, I want to bring the, uh, get the chat room back in here. Um, Regarding Apple's podcast app, um, Kevin says I use it for one podcast. Babylon, B-A-B-A-L-L-N with Kevin Smith. Um, so, you know, there you go. Um, Barry says he just searched in Overcast at least a dozen podcasts focused on the Kansas City Chiefs. So, sorry yeah, about that. word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: well, I'd be like two, a cheetah; I'd come out fast and then then burn out really quick. So, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't have my own podcast. So.
0: <laughs> um, and tech says, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I sound like a, a, a North Carolina hillbilly, which I am, and it doesn't instill confidence. I'm not sure. I agree with that in two tech, but you know uh, that that's your your uh, judgment. Eric couldn't be here tonight, uh, but he says he enjoys hearing podcasts related to Marvel Universe TV series and issues, and or court case specific podcasts. There you go. So that, that, that's about of my, as niches you can get.
1: Couple of my, how, how about this? A uh, couple of my regular podcasts are about food safety. And they're they're hosted by a couple of uh, um, food safety professors, so food safety talk and risky or not. Put in a plug uh, for them and their Mac users.
0: Um, we'll see that, and and that right, That's that's exactly it. I know Mark uh, Fuccio has provided me with a number of different, very specific podcasts. Some of them are the kind that I'll dip in and out of. Some are, you know, just completely don't have any relevance for me, but I know he loves them. Um, and, and that, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's the beauty of it, that if you have a specific niche. I, Jim, I have no idea why food safety is your thing, but if it is, great. There's a well, podcast for just, you.
1: It was at the beginning of the pandemic, there was, you know, somebody on Twitter that was talking about um, you know I remember we were worried about whether it was safe to eat takeout food and stuff like that and get groceries and all that and so there was somebody on on twitter that was opining about that and sounded pretty um you know authoritative but i was like okay well who is you know who is this person before i pay attention and i started investigating and it's like oh he's a professor at rutgers and discovered he had a podcast and so and discovered it was like oh this is really interesting who knew um yeah but you know hey i eat
0: right well and and, and <laughs> that's it you know that to me is a prime example of somebody that can provide some useful information and probably might get about a minute and a half on the evening news if they're lucky and you know other than that it's really tough to get the information out there especially to the people that are really interested in hearing it so I, I, you know i did sometimes what a terrific see this person
1: you know once i found out about who he was he, he i did see him quoted sometimes in major news um, i don't i never saw him on but then i wouldn't cuz i don't watch tv but yeah i mean listen to him talk for 2 hours about it you know once or twice a month and um, yeah it turns out it's actually you know really interesting and they don't even have any they're, they're not sponsored and they've been doing it for like 12 years and they're just doing it they consider it community outreach and basically, part of their jobs as professors, uh, and I and I think it's I you know I have no idea what their audience is, but I think it's fairly you know significant,
3: yeah.
1: probably in the ten tens of thousands. I
3: mm-hmm. have a couple of friends that uh, uh, you, you know why why do people do a podcast? Because um, they got something to say. I have a couple of friends that uh, created a podcast and did it for about two years, and it was all for the purpose of using it for a demonstration tape for them to get their own radio show on commercial radio, and it worked for them. Uh, So it's interesting. There there are lots of reasons why people do this, uh, and I thought that was an interesting alternative. Um, uh, They they did it as a demo tape, so and like I said, did it for a couple of years just to build a a rapport and kind of a... a, um, um, A If you will. So it just lots of reasons why to do it. uh, uh, Besides this, we got something to say. So I thought that was an interesting alternative.
0: No, you're right. And it sort of goes back to Dave's uh, point about Conan O'Brien. And I we all recognize that Conan had a bit of a different situation, but still, he he created something brand new and, you know, ended up being able to sell it. And web, your guys, you know that they created something, and if that was their intent, I don't know what if Conan's intent was to build it to sell it, but regardless, it got done
3: so yeah Conan is even Adam carol is another one that that uh right. start off uh but uh Conan just now has a uh sewn channel on Sirius X m now uh right. how this thing is spun about. out, yeah.
4: I was talking about his, his 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 show got sold to Sirius XM so they bought yeah. it so he's he works for Sirius XM. Now. Yeah.
0: Hey, we want to say hello to a uh, guy Soro in the chat room. He's not here. He's a little bit under the weather. Um he said he's he's uh, prone to bouts of coughing. So that's why he didn't sign in but um so guy get 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 better and get back when yeah. you can. Know, get
4: yeah. better. We miss you, buddy.
3: Yeah, All those microphones yeah. and he doesn't have a mute button.
4: I mean <laughs> good one. That's good. Um, th-
0: now this is interesting. But Barry says fascinating. I listen to NPR, but through their podcasts, not the radio broadcasts. And Guy is saying he he looks, always looked at podcasting as something he yeah. just enjoys doing as a podcaster. It made yeah. him, uh, him feel a lot more confident in public speaking, which scared him to death before. Sure. So I'm you know, the same way. Yeah, so uh, if
1: I ever was gonna listen to something on radio now, I would listen to it on a podcast because you know, I, I don't watch live TV. Why would I do that? I either watch most, you know, stream stuff or before that DVR stuff. Um, you know, oh. I, I'm totally beyond like, okay. oh, it's Tuesday, what's on? My wife still says that and I'm like every time I'm like, who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a topic for another evening, but it's one I definitely want to tackle, Jim. So thank you. In fact, I'm going to write it down because I don't forget it.
1: Well, it's kind of the same mm. thing, though. You know, podcasting—it's—it's it's like streaming. It is. You know, it's basically—it's basically audio
0: streaming. Yeah. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com/slash/macvoices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Octa user. They can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance visit collide.com/macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, k o l i d e.com/macvoices. collide.com/macvoices. Thanks to collide for their support of Mac Voices. Well,
4: I mean, the whole world the whole world is changing. I mean, uh, Leo Laporte, he ended his radio show after 20 plus years um, only because he saw the writing on the wall that there's just no there's no profit in it anymore and there's no you know profit in him profiting from it anymore because they were going to make him pay for doing a two-day show versus him just retiring and then moving the show to his network. And uh, but, I mean, I'm just giving that as an example only because that's radio is an unfortunate dying medium. I mean, I, I used to be a big, I always listen to radio all the time, a lot of yeah. a lot of shows. And there's a lot of, I mean, there were some times, that there were some great shows that were, that were overnights at some time I like to listen to on the local local radio here. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. It's all yep. It's all pre-recorded stuff now. And in fact, even you know, news stations are now just pre-recording their new. If it's twenty-four hour news, they're their 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 middle of the night hours they used to be live. Now from two a.m. to five a.m., it's it's pre-recorded. So you, I, it you're, just,
1: you're not old enough. It used to be dead air,
4: or they'd go off the air. Right? No, oh, I, <laughs> yeah. oh, I am old <laughs> enough. I remember when when TV stations <laughs> yeah. would go off the air. At, yeah, At, yeah. at, at eleven show o'clock the at night jet and
1: flying into the yeah.
4: Yeah, you, you then, watch uh, the the, the national anthem and then, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm old enough to remember that. Trust me, color right. bars. Yeah,
2: and that's, yeah, <laughs> and that's that's driven by the economics. Is uh, right, yeah, you know, it's it, economics. It's right. uh, it's you know, radio advertising is horrible. You know, gets no yes. return. You know, and so they they've automated it and downsized and automated it and downsized and uh, yep. And that's why. You know, so now we'll see who, who gets the uh, who gets the AM band rest. You know, is it going to be Google or uh, yeah <laughs> Google or Spacelink Who you know? <laughs> who's or one of the telecoms? Who's going to buy it? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. This-
4: these massive AM stations used to have transmitter tower. I mean, again, being living in Chicago, I mean, knew where their transmitter towers were. They're they're selling the property. They can make more money uh, selling yeah. the property and being developed, and they can move their transmitter anywhere because it can it can stream online now, and it can it can it, they don't have to these fifty thousand watt blow torches as they used to call them of, yeah. the, of these. I mean, KFI in Los Angeles and WGN Chicago, uh, and so on. Um, yeah, they, they, they got valuable property sitting out in, in the suburbs. <clears throat> they could sell that <laughs> to get their money you know, back on I used on to that. drive by the KFI NIT Tower every
1: time I we went to visit my grandmother. And, yeah. you know, now, now that you mention it, I haven't seen that tower. And right. I, I, never, was, I never noticed it, but it was right off the freeway. And I still go by there sometimes, and it's not there now. I didn't even notice that, that it was gone.
4: Some stations are consolidating and moving both both stations onto one transmitter site. So I mean it just it makes no sense to I mean back in those old days yeah it was it was important because that's how they got their listeners and how they got their their reach but not anymore. Yeah.
1: Well now that, now the the terrain is covered with cell towers.
4: Exactly. That
1: yep. Same thing. Who would, who would have imagined that? And we're going to replace what? the big 50,000 watt tower with 10,000 little towers and fake palm trees all over uh, yeah. and stuck up church buyers. It's a way for well, churches so much, to make money
0: now. Yes, yeah, so much of this is is about convenience. I mean, with if you're listening to a podcast, you can... Yeah, you know, if you have ten minute a ten minute drive, you get ten minutes worth of podcast. If you have a right. thirty minute drive, you can do thirty minutes worth of podcast, <laughs> as opposed to listening and getting into something that is being broadcast. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm at my destination and I really need to get out of the car, right. but right. I wanna I really want to hear what what else is being said, mm-hmm. and you know that I I really I mean I, I kind of feel like some of this started with TiVo, you know the the TiVo yeah. will let you. Time shift. On demand. And and even VCRs before that, you know, a little little bit less convenient. But from a technology standpoint, that was extremely,
2: extremely disruptive. Well, the thing, TiVo, TiVo, as well as podcasting apps, I mean – this is bad news for a sponsor, which I used to be one for many years is, you know, they have a fast forward button. So, you know, if you don't like it, you know, if, if the content, if it's pre-recorded stuff injected in the stream, which is just, you know, pure toxin, you can just fast forward. You can fast forward that until you get to the res- resumption of the podcast that you want to hear. Now, I mean, it's other things. If it's done more organically by the host, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, if it's done right, it's interesting and educational, but, uh, I suspect maybe that's what Spotify had done wrong is they made right. podcasts like AM radio. All of a sudden you have this, you know, you know, uh, advertisement with different audio level, you know, completely injecting on you and don't know with their app if it's possible to fast forward or not. I suspect it probably would not have been, um, you know, so it's just uh, diversifying the experience and another reason contributing to a billion dollar bust.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I want to move us on because there are a couple of other things. I I wanted to get to one other big one, and we've already spent a lot of time on this one. Um, Almost as a public service announcement, I do want to mention that um, if you didn't see the articles about it, that the city of Oakland got hit with a ransomware attack and some of their services are still suffering from it. So the whole ransomware thing is still still absolutely real and a potential big issue out there because um, yeah, I know I, I, there's, there's there's a there's a city here and uh or excuse me a township in Maryland that got hit and you know they've been kind of quiet on things but a lot of their services were seriously seriously
4: affected so you know it, it's a very real thing come on cities you can you got you gotta invest in cyber cyber protection it's just I I feel for him. It's it's, it's something that's not we don't want ever to happen to any, any any big city. Oakland's a big city and that's just that's just crazy.
0: Well, and unfortunately, David, we don't know you know if they were if they were negligent or, negligent or not that's true that's true. because you know the we we've, we've all seen plenty of things about phishing attacks or somebody i mean in the middle of the night right. i i i last night i got a notice that my amazon account was frozen because yeah. of a a fraudulent review you know please click here
2: yeah and <laughs> right of course not no. yeah
0: but yeah, yeah, but you know, that's the kind of thing that we're all dealing with is yep. this yeah. this constant barrage of things. And sooner or later, you're going to click something that you would rather not have. And you just hope it's not too severe because they're getting better every single right. day at it. Unfortunately.
3: Yeah, I've done it. I've fallen to that a couple of years ago, but still. And then today, because I, I, I was wearing my battle armor, um, uh, bought a new, uh, uh, approved a new purchase of a new. Um, NAS drive we have both SANs and NAS but uh, for, for immutable uh backup um uh, as part of our our cybersecurity routine so um yeah it it's, i think it's the largest it's the biggest business risk that i face outside of uh, um some other act of an employee doing something but no, the mm-hmm. cyber risk is huge so
0: yeah there's Barrett works for a smallish municipality and their IT department is constantly battling the cyber baddies. And yeah, not a surprise. And I think you're gonna see I, I personally think you're gonna see more of that. I think that as the larger companies get get their defenses hardened, they're gonna start picking on on smaller targets. Uh because they they may not be able to elicit quite as much money out of them, but they can probably attack more of them. Yeah, in so,
3: my world, we we've had uh literally tens of thousands of uh, uh, penetration attempts uh, from all over, from Russia, from Vietnam, from China, you name it, uh, South America. Um, and that doesn't even include the domestic ones. Uh, um, yeah, so it's something that, that we are uh, very much attuned to. And, and you know, it, it's whack-a-mole. You think you got it, you think you have the yeah. best system, and you don't. And uh, so it's – it, go ahead, David.
4: No, like why companies have strong information security teams at least most of them do uh, it's and 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 you get frustrated when they're saying no you can't do that but there's a reason there' now you can't do that because if we do this then that will happen and then then we have to we have to be vigilant of not allowing you know, administrative rights on a machine or not allowing the, the uh, machine to be able to get access to particular websites or any of that kind of stuff. Companies have to be very, very vigilant with
2: that stuff. And if you're not, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. I, know, I don't know anything about uh, what happened in Oakland and if it was, you know, an external attempt or if it was a phishing attempt where somebody inside the network compromised it. But I do know other, in California, it's very uneven. I know of one county that I have to deal with where, you know, incoming mail, it just uh, text only. You can't attach, you, you can't. Any sort of attachment, unless it's a plain text document, won't get through. It doesn't matter if it's a zip or yeah. a PDF or a JPEG yeah. or, or anything. They just nope. It just doesn't get through. You know, so they're they're scanning that. They're stuff very they high. They're very high on the security thing. And others, you know, you know, oh, are not there, so there are people scan stuff. I mean. Uh, the the latest
4: thing was was one OneNote notebooks. People would be sending OneNote notebooks that were that were attachments, and yep. they had they had malware built into them. That was a yep. that's a, that was a big problem, and you know. <sighs> And what, what stinks because it's a great thing to be able to do is, is somebody to send you a OneNote. And if you use one Microsoft OneNote, OneNote's a great product. And being and having the ability to be able to send somebody a, a, a notebook you've already pre created uh, and not be able to do that now because of those bad guys out there, it's a shame. It is.
0: Yeah. I know. um Let's see who. Let's see. Oh, uh, Brett in the chat room says the city he works for has regular security training for us. I don't think if you work for any kind of reasonably responsible company, I don't think there's any way you can have fairly regular cyber training. And I know everybody gets frustrated with it. They're tired of watching all the little videos about don't click this, don't click that. But how you need to, you know, the amount of damage you can do with one click on the wrong thing is kind of staggering.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Employees need to be educated and I go through it every day. You have to, you have to be vigilant of fishing. You have to have exercises to, and and employees get mad when you do that. Why did you send me that? I didn't want to fall for that. And, but it, it's a learning experience you know that that this is what you should not be doing and you got to be careful and you shouldn't be clicking those things and don't open attachments like you
2: that you use that company in service where they you know, they they send yeah. out you know they send out and they can just do a live fire exercise and find out if people get a failing or passing grade oh yeah there's lots of companies yeah. that do that I mean sure
0: yeah but David you just said made an interesting point and that's make it a learning experience not make yeah. a Penalty thing, no. I mean, Unless somebody is a repeat offender and just clearly, it's not Yeah,
4: I mean, companies have have policies. Okay, you have to you have to go through this exercise, and if you fail the X amount of times, then then yeah, you need to be you need to go through training or you need to be spoken to by your manager. Wh- however, companies handle that is you have to. It has to be done. It's it's so important. Large companies, yeah. especially. I mean, yeah. networks are just too large and too so complex that you you can you can bring it to its knees in a matter of moments if you don't aren't careful.
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to get to what I thought was going to be the big story of the night. Um and if you haven't read it, um it's on simonwilson.net, wiolso n.net. Um and it is about Bing um, and the okay. the new intelligence built into Bing. And if you haven't read it i I, I tried to put it in the uh, in the chat room. I hope don't know if it took, but I definitely put it in our private one, and it'll be in the show notes and i first of all, I want to thank Jim for bringing this one to our attention because this was fascinating um that this someone started arguing with Bing and Bing more or less threatened them, and then Bing seemed to have an existential crisis about. You know what it was and why it was there, and if i'm not I'm not sure what the lesson is here except to say that we better be real real careful with some of this stuff uh, before careful? we uh, yeah yeah please
2: mark okay yeah so uh, so this was basically uh you know, last December uh a company called OpenAI you know released uh you know access to a system called chat Gbt yeah uh, which is a large language model ai thing and uh i ignored it and started playing with it around uh, just just around uh, new years and it's uh <laughs> it, it turns out it's uh, it's it's quite phenomenal as you know i've inflicted some of the things i've had it to write uh in our in our chat room uh it can it can take yeah. Five hundred word incompressible utterance from Chet, Satya Nadella, you know, and compress it to two words. You maybe
1: know, you weren't here when that. we had a long discussion about this.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: but but that's okay. Keep going, going, Mark. Because but, but anyway, so this is getting to the Bing part.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this, is, so this is so this is this is this is the underlying technology, and basically what Microsoft does is you know, you know they're, they're they're making a bet that this will be much better tool for searching you know and they're integrating into bing they had a big event uh like two weeks ago you know microsoft stock jumped up one day and uh, google stock uh you know took a tumble uh, and they've both gone down since then. But, uh, you know, a lot of other people have gone out there and they're seeing that all this aberrant behavior, you know, if they get into these long conversations with, uh, you know, with the chat GPT or Bing GPT, I think as people are, are calling it, where it's you know, where it's threatening people's lives and, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, that's, uh, that's directly, uh, <laughs> you know, the idea of uh, HAL 9000, right, or Skynet, you know, it's just... Uh, you got to pay. You know, be aware of the limitations of uh, of these systems. And you know, no matter how intelligent and human like that uh, you know, they seem to be, you know, they could be just as bad as uh, you know tired, uh, spaced out, uh, you know, uh, you know, customer service rep.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and almost more so because the, now. F- there've been a number of articles i've read about the fact that these aren't necessarily artificial intelligence as such they're more predictive uh predictive engines but when you see when you see the conversation that bing was going back and forth with and how it was insistent when when there, when it was objectively wrong on what year it was that this <laughs> individual was bringing it up and it just yeah. insisted it was right i mean it's worse than any you know, five-year-old you've ever dealt with, and mm-hmm. then it started to get a little nasty and push back, and you think, okay, and did, I mean, I know we, we inevitably go to Hal and we go to, to the Terminator movies. Does anybody remember the Colossus, the Forbin pro- Project?
2: I saw that once, yeah, as a yeah. I, I I mean, as a child or you know, yeah, or
0: something. That also struck me. It's one of those references that was was way, way back. it's an old science fiction movie, but it's worth revisiting
2: Does when Colossus you' see things take over like this. in some way
0: yeah yeah okay. and and I don't want to spoil to anybody that hasn't seen the movie because it's not it's not half bad for its time by any means but it, and and of course it in you know it's inevitably the you know the the monster computer. But it didn't have Raquel over.
2: Welch in it, right? She wasn't starring in that. You no, know, she was in
0: no, uh, not no, not yeah. that one. <laughs> okay, no,
2: no. down okay.
0: boy, down. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's look, it's a science fiction trope, and w- we all know that. But this just feels like you know, yeah, it's just getting closer and closer. And what if Bing actually had the ability to retaliate in some less Less than insignificant way, you know. So I, there, there are lessons to be learned here, and you know, I who who let this thing out to the point w- where it could be addressed by someone in the public and provoked to that to that point.
1: It is good. really amazing that Microsoft, re- you know, made release this.
2: But did you see their? Did you see their? Uh, uh, Justification—they you know, blamed it on their users, saying, "Oh, well, if you talk to it for more than five or six uh, interactions, it can get confused and really go off track in a really, you know, horrible way." <laughs> you know, so well,
1: and I think that's that's accurate. And they've now it, it won't do more than five interactions in a row.
2: Right.
0: They they've changed it. So um, yeah, but just today they started when, changing some of it back, Jim. I saw an article today that said they're already dropping some of those restrictions. Now, whether they've done something in the back end to make it a little less hostile, I don't know. But,
1: well, as you say, for now, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, unlike how it can't, you know, turn off your life support or close the open and close the pod bay doors.
0: Next time on Mac Voices, this panel wraps up our conversation about the predictive engines by pulling in satellite launches, self driving cars, and more. I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with MacVoices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com/macvoices